0: welcome to talent takeover unfiltered when it comes to working hard and keeping it real we know our shit. self-care happiness inner peace and time i'm brianna rooney and this is taylor bradley hey y'all and we have thrived in chaos and turned it into an art form
1: so taylor what are we doing here today we're here to give you a raw under the hood view of all things recruiting and finally give credit where credit is due to a long underrated industry that's full of quote unquote experts. All right.
0: Well, then let's take this show to the road. Last chance. Last chance to join our exclusive millionaire recruiter program. Now over this last year, I have really, really, really enjoyed helping people start their own recruiting agency. But the fact is the recruiting world is finally heating up again. Thank God. Which means so is my agency, Talent Perch. And I don't want to spread myself too thin or my team. So we're doing only one more millionaire recruiter program. So this is your last chance to turn your passion into profit with our intensive 16 week coaching program. It's two a week digital course, branding assistance, and content creation support. This program starts, yes, very soon, October 3rd, and it will end in February, which is perfectly timed for next year's hiring search. So don't miss the final, literally the final opportunity for unmatched mentorship with me and my team. We spend a lot of time with you to make sure that you are successful. So act now to secure your spot and make your recruiting agency dreams come true. Hello, welcome to Talent Takeover Unfiltered. We are coming with you with another amazing topic, which is emotional intelligence needed in recruiting. Wish y'all know how I feel about this. Taylor, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. You know, we always have fun when we record our podcasts and it's a great vibe. And it's like, these are the conversations that I need to start my day. If you've listened to our past episodes about the negative conversations start your day. I always have a good day when we record our podcast and we talk about, we shoot the shit. We also talk about the market and trends and recruiting, which we both love and are passionate yeah. about. So yeah, it's a good day. It how are you, good how day. are you feeling? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm super jazzed. And I will have to say like, shout out, what is, what's it, Recruiter
0: Flow? I'm trying to think who put our, our podcast out there, but like we have been getting recognized more and more for our podcast, which, you know, when we first started it, it was like, yeah, hey, let's just shoot the shit. Yeah, like mean, it strengthened our relationship, it strengthened for our sure. business, like all of these things, and we just love talking talent. And yeah, so some of the ones, the podcasts who have been out for years, people who have done this longer than us, so it's really cool to be on those lists. So thank you, listeners, so much. Thanks for the reviews, yes.
1: for all that. It's freaking awesome. Thank you, said like, <laughs> <laughs> like we appreciate it. We and we really do. And I think anybody who reaches out to us on LinkedIn knows how much we appreciate it because there's not a single person that reaches out to me that says they listen that i don't get back to and it's not it's not lost on me ever you know how how amazing it is that we're able to actually do this and have this platform and people actually listen and they find value in what we're saying and you know they think it's funny too so i'm like hey yeah this is not a bad way to start your day i feel like we just had like an acceptance speech with no with no word no no fucking a word we're like no well, we're grateful. I think we're coming don't from really. a humble spot of like we're grateful that people listen. If it was five or 500, and I mean, to be across, how many different countries are we in? Like, I don't even know. We Yeah, but it's it's <laughs> it's something. It's, it's yes for sure. It's more than I even knew existed, to be honest with you. So that's a yeah. So, but thank you guys. And so, um, yeah, getting into our episode today, we're going to talk about emotional intelligence, as Brianna said, in recruiting. So let's kick this off. I know this was something that you wanted to talk about and were passionate about. So, like, what prompted this?
0: Well, I think it's the bad shit you see that, that prompted it. No, what yeah. you know, um, I think that. Well, I, I get. I have been getting interviewed a lot more recently, which is always yeah. fun. And I, I'm always asked, like, "Hey, what do you wish you would have done sooner in your career?" and First of all, it's always coaching, so executive coaching, but not mm-hmm. went hand in hand with my emotional intelligence training. Mm-hmm. I did that very late in my career. Uh, I'm looking to do it again. I think it's just one of the most powerful learnings, teaching ever going for my relationships, for my business, for just everything. It's a, yeah, it's been really powerful. And so I think that's why I'm like, hey, I think we need to talk about this more. And then what's really interesting is like you can teach someone the very like basics and fundamentals of biz dev of recruiting of candidate experience like all like the stuff that we do you know as a recruiter but if people don't have the emotional intelligence behind it Mm -hmm. they're going to keep you know they're not going to soar and so i really think that that is the difference is that the soft skills in order to know that is like someone could have the same exact hard skills but there's so many reports that show what three to five times the um the soft skills person you know makes more money makes three to four times more money than one of the hard skills like that's insane (laughs) yeah So it's like we have to start talking about this. And if if even if you're not recruiting, this is a really powerful subject to talk
1: about. But, yeah, if you don't
0: have emotional intelligence recruiting, like, I'm sorry, like, you got to find another job.
1: And I, I think we should talk about like what and define for people what emotional intelligence is, you know, and then talk yeah. about how it affects recruiting. But emotional intelligence is the ability to understand, manage and effectively use emotions in yourself and others. And so developing EI can lead to better interpersonal relationships, communication, and overall well-being. I think that's really powerful. It's understanding, managing, and effectively using emotions within yourself and others. And I'm like, wow. I mean, everybody could apply that to any part of your life. But obviously, we're talking about recruiting. So I think getting into how the ways in which this affects recruiting directly and just anything like self-awareness, I think that's really, really, really powerful. Is self awareness in recruiting as a recruiter, as a candidate? We're talking about the whole recruiting cycle as a hiring manager. Self awareness, um, you know, paying attention to your emotions throughout the day. How are you showing up on calls? How are you showing up to other people? What is the perception that people have of you? What what triggers you have? I think that's really really powerful. Yeah, like identifying what your triggers are, and I think you've talked about it a little bit before. Um, but one of your triggers, I know, is the help word versus yeah. like assist and but i think you also have the self-aware like you know that's one of your triggers but you also have oh, the yeah. awareness enough to know that like when someone says that to you it's they're not being negative but it still is triggering for you but if somebody asks you hey can i help you with this you're not like triggered and go off or lose it or like a- no, no 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 no
0: no not at all i i i now have identified it but like yeah. when i was younger i didn't identify it i took it as like what well, do you think i can handle all this like i can do something else yeah, for sure. Uh, communication and words. And, you know, we we always laugh about this, the ASAP, what that means to people, you know, yes. but it's like, but everything means something different to somebody. And, you know, at the end of the day, communication is a sales technique. Like, mm-hmm. I think that that's if you want to really go back to, hey, how is this going to help me in my job? Well, guess what? You'll have yeah. more sales because you can communicate well. you can read the room. I actually just taught my kids yesterday what reading the room was. And
1: I thought of you because you say that a lot. God, read the room you know they're like she's like how do i read a room i can't read that well <laughs> and i mean i think we need to have a whole like training on this we need to have a whole because mm-hmm. reading the room and i was actually talking to erin about this like a week or so ago we had a whole conversation um about the ability to read the room and how valuable of a skill that is to have and not everybody has it and so it's like how do you teach your kids how to read the room you know what i mean so like i'd love to know what you taught your kids and and like you can read the room. I can read the room. We know we can read the room, but like I can't pinpoint something that was taught to me that made me have the ability to read the room, if that makes sense. Oh, that's
0: interesting. Yeah, because you have to pinpoint it. Well, okay, well, let me just very quickly tell you the story. So we're uh, Lima goes, yeah, how quickly can I do this? Lima goes, have you ever been pooped on by a bird? And I was like, oh, let me tell you. So like I used to hate birds growing up and I also used to get pooped on by a lot of birds. And so I told him like, I don't know what came first, but one time uh, after I was like swimming with the dolphins, someone put a uh, a parrot on my head and there's the most funny picture. I have to find it. It's the funniest picture where I'm like, uh, you know, hidden. by the way, you guys can see this on the Millionaire Recruiter YouTube. So yeah, I just did that face, but like it's the worst picture. And for some reason, after that bird was on my head, I decided birds were okay. And knock on wood, I have not got pooped on since. And I'm not telling, I'm not kidding you. Like my mom would always make fun of me how much I got pooped on by birds. So-
1: I thought it was a sign of good luck to get shit on
0: by birth. Oh, fuck no. No, that's just like what people say, like, when, you know, it's rain on your wedding day. You know, it's just things to make you feel better.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> that, That's so true. And what a perfect analogy. The rain on your wedding day means it's going to work out forever. Yeah, no, that's, no, that's hilarious.
0: It's just to make you stop crying. Uh, so I'm telling this story and Lima's like, Oh, well, you better never say that in front of like one of her friends. One of her friends is like a total bird nut, so it's so interesting that age like six, like she's obsessed yeah. with birds. But anyway, she's like, you could never say that in front of Olive, and I was like, well, I would never do that because I can read a room, and that's how oh. like the whole conversation came about. And so I had to give him examples. I was like, well, so for example, if I didn't know Olive, you know, didn't like uh loved birds. And I saw her face as I was telling this bird story, and she was kind of, you know, shutting down or was upset or. Yeah. I would stop. I would stop having that conversation. I would spit it. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, Yeah. So you have to look for visual cues as well. And you know, and she's like, Okay, got it. <laughs> I,
1: I think. I mean, I actually wrote that down because I think that's really powerful, not just for kids, but for us to do an episode on like the exactly like what you said the cues and stuff how do you read the room because if you lack that ability i'm telling you like it's up there with me or for me as communication like your ability to oh, communicate yeah. like you have to be able to read the room and i mean read the room when you're communicating like is it landing is it not and be able to pivot like there's a whole like that's so meaty but i'm like that's something that's really valuable for our listeners so i wrote that down for us to talk about later but, yeah yeah but getting back to um the emotional intelligence, this is another one that goes well, goes hand in hand with the self-awareness, is like the self-regulation. So paying attention to your emotions throughout the day and, you know, just recognizing how you feel, the triggers, the mindfulness, and self-reflection, you know, to better understand your emotional responses. That's like... So, boom. Yeah, good. got Yeah. No, I just think that's so powerful. Like, self-reflection to better understand your responses. hmm
0: Yep. Um, so sometimes I self-reflect for too long, and- which... I now know, you know, and so like I have to talk to myself about like, wait a minute, why am I reflecting this long? Like, what about sure. this bothered me so much? Yeah, because obviously something then bothered me, and I'm kind of going through like this little thing in my head about uh, a conversation a few days ago that I had, honestly, just with a friend. But like for some reason, like I keep going back on like the conversation. How could I have handled it better? And so I'm again processing what what bothered me, and it's not exactly the conversation, you know. Um, but I was laughing. When you said self-regulate. Because there are times where I'm reading the room and don't care, <laughs> you know, like, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, but I've actually but again, those are choices, right? Like I'm yeah. making the, the very like intentional choice to keep going, you know, for whatever yep. stupid yeah. reason I kept going. But yeah, but yeah, but it's hard. It is hard to like regulate yourself and bring yourself back in and be like, oh, God, that wasn't good. You stop that, you know.
1: So. Yeah. But I'm sitting here thinking about, I can't think of a time that, because I can tell your face, like you have a read the room face and I probably do too, but we just know each other so well by now. Like I feel like I, I know and we'll be messaging each other. I'm like your face, I can tell you're feeling <laughs> XYZ and you're like, shit, you know, I got to fix it. And you'll do the same with like we have, you yeah. you can, you know, tell, but the only person I can say, and I know you do this too. That um that I don't read the room and I keep going intentionally just to get a rise out of them is my dad and you do that to your mom with my mom I do yeah. that with my mom so it's like we're <laughs> we're able to read the room and it's like I know it's bothering you but I I keep going and it's always usually when we're joking so for a yeah, disclaimer yeah. for our listeners like we're not like you know just running them into the ground with negativity things it's just like when I talk about you know all the shit that I did in high school and college that he doesn't know about you know and I can see that he's like triggered and i keep going and going and going and it's yeah so i think there's the ability to read the room and like you said make a choice um empathy so i think we talk about this a lot like put yourself in other shoes and try to understand their emotions and their perspectives and this one's really hard try to listen without judgment very difficult very very yeah. difficult yeah we
0: always put people in 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 um in buckets right like we have yeah. candidates in buckets like so think about a candidate you know, maybe that just rubbed you the wrong way five years ago. Are you going to work with them today? Probably not. We're yeah. But that was five freaking years ago. We don't know what, what what went down. We don't know what kind of day they had to make them do that. We don't know what kind of training or therapy they've gotten since, you know. so But it's hard. It's hard not to just go based off of what happened
1: before. Yeah. But then also on the flip side of that, like if you are emotionally intelligent, if you know you had a bad situation with a candidate or you know you burned somebody or you know you did X, Y, Z how powerful is it to actually acknowledge that and say, Hey, Brianna, I know when we spoke five years ago, you know, I was blah, 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 blah. And like, whatever the situation was, but if somebody came to you like that, I know for a fact, it's like that first impression would go out the door that you had of them. And that would completely redeem themselves from just the self awareness and reflection and coming to you with like, the honesty and humbling themselves. Like, I think that's really, really, really powerful. So I think I think first impressions are still going to be important. They're always going to be important. I think people were always going to write you off for how you show up in a first impression. I do think it's possible to redeem yourself, though. So I want to put that I, in I do, too. I do, too. But I will
0: also say that you, you're easily uh, more redeemable with someone that has emotional intelligence. First, you sure. know, so, because if they're not listening to you, and um, this is actually something that I just added in our sales module uh, via Thrive was listening styles. You have to speak to yeah. people's listening styles. And, like, that's its own separate thing. Uh, but, like, for me, like, I value apologies. Like, that is one of my human values. Yeah. You know? So, like, yeah, I'm there for that all the time. I want to take people out of buckets. But it's more, it's easily
1: said than done, right? And, uh, and I love that you said, because you said this the other day, too, like, that you value apologies. And I'm like, what do I value? Ev- what is one of the things? And it's it's sane but different. I value accountability. Like, it's everything to me. Like, accountability is the number. Yeah. Probably redeeming quality that somebody can have with me is... If you take accountability, personal, professional, it doesn't matter. And usually part of that could come with an apology. But also, if you didn't do anything to me, not an apology. It's just like, hey, I know that like and I mean, our producers heard me say this in, in some of our team, smaller team meetings where I've been like, hey, I know that I'm I'm just in a mood today. Like I'm I'm frustrated. Today. I'm coming off way. I'm really sorry that I'm coming off this way. It's not towards you guys, but like owning my emotions and owning like I'm in this funk today. I don't fucking know why but I'm sorry if I'm just coming off as like short or just kind of blah with my negative energy. But I think that level of accountability, even though it's like, I don't, I didn't say anything. I didn't, say anything I didn't owe anybody an apology per se, but I wanted to be accountable for the energy that I was bringing into that space,
0: you know? So I love like, that. I wish everybody did that. Like that I think that is the definition of emotional intelligence. Yes.
1: Yeah, it's like being accountable for your own emotions and feelings and also knowing that they affect others. And like, like we were talking in a previous episode about, you know you absorb the negative emotions of people I'm very hyper aware that I do that and so like I know if I'm putting that out there I know that it probably has that effect on other people too like common sense would tell me that if it happens to me it probably happens to them so I think accountability is huge and it, it sometimes can come with an apology sometimes not depending on the situation but I think owning your shit is the number one skill I value most like mm. accountability and loyalty and are like hand in hand for me um love that. Yeah. Well, I I, Paul, I have something just controversial to ask you. Yeah. Um, empathy.
0: So yes, empathy is like one, like such a biggie, especially in recruiting. I mean, everyday life, right? Yeah. I yeah. will say, on the other side of the coin, it can feel very exhausting. It can. It can feel it- exhausting. People can take advantage of your empathy. So I want to just note that. So I guess it's like okay, if we're if we're on the phone with a candidate and they're also just maybe having a day or, or you just had to give them hard feedback and you want to be empathetic and you want to show them that you care and you're a human but here's the thing what if it's been 30 minutes you know what i mean like what if it's been 30 minutes and you're like shit like i can't keep doing this like this is affecting my job you know like i have to actually get off the phone so i guess as a, a in recruiting and talent how can you still have empathy but like in, in doses
1: yeah, you have to, well, th- I think that's just it. You have to have empathy and doses. And I think this also goes back to a previous episode that we talked about. I think it's like, you got to offer solutions. So if a candidate is is kind of got a story, and I hate to say a, the, a woe was me story, because that's not what I'm, it's, that sounds negative. But if they're, they've really got a story for you, because we hear these all the time from in our yeah. world, and not even just from kids and different things, parts of our business. And it's like, OK, but what's the solution? You know what I mean? And that is also an emotional intelligence thing for me, too, is like if you're going to go on and rant and invent and, and whatever, but like, what are you going to do about it? I think that's really, really powerful. So I think it's like you can have enough empathy for a candidate to hear them out. And then I think it's like getting them to the point in the conversation where it's OK, what's the solution? Where do we where do we go from here? What do we do? What's our next step? Because I think also having empathy is not only like understanding their emotions and how they're feeling, but it's also like helping pull them out of it because you know how it feels to be in that negative headspace or in that headspace where you're being ghosted or whatever the situation is. But I think offering solutions is empathy too, you know, which I know that's kind of controversial and can be contradictory to some people when you Google like the definition of empathy. It's more about listening versus offering solutions. Whereas I feel like, okay, I'm going to listen and listen and listen, but I think it's very nice to be like, how can I help you? And here's what I recommend we do, or here's what I recommend you do. I think offering Mm -hmm. solutions is offering empathy sometimes.
0: Totally. And I think that you can be too empathetic sometimes. It's like, okay, let's be realistic. Now, again, it all depends if it's professional um, or personal, but I I don't know. I don't know. I kind of go both ways. It's like, look, you also can't let people fall and always, like we said, the woe is me, but it's like you can't let someone fall and crumble for that long. Like, yeah. if you're going to really be empathetic, I absolutely agree. There has to be some kind of help there. So, yeah,
1: I like that. Okay, cool. And I do. I, and going back to like, it is empathetic to help pick someone back up. It is. Yeah. Like, I've been there. I've been low where you are. I've been, I felt the way you felt. Let's get you back, you know? Yeah, like, so, Um. and then social skills. I think that's a huge one for, you know, work on communication, verbal and nonverbal. So yeah. it's the read the room, what we've already talked about. I think that's huge. And we'll do all, we definitely will do a whole nother episode yeah. on that. Um, and motivation. So setting clear goals for yourself and aligning your actions with your values. That is really, really sometimes hard to do in the workplace when you're an individual contributor to align your actions with your values. And I think that kind of goes with the theme of the lazy girl jobs, like what we talked yeah. about. It's like, you know, are you are you aligning your actions with your values 100% of the time? Are you always able to do that? Um, there's, there's a lot of there could be a lot of controversy with that because I know that I have certainly stayed in jobs throughout my career, definitely earlier in my career where I was in situations or asked to do things or what that didn't align with my values and you have to go along anyway. Or I felt like I did. I shouldn't say I had to. I felt like I had to go along in order to keep my job or in order to, you know, climb the corporate ladder. And it was never like backstabbing, do anything awful to anybody. But it's like I I wouldn't handle these things this way or I wouldn't handle you know, these people this way or this this situation this way, but you're kind of forced to handle it based on how, you know, you were told to do it or whatever. And I think that as I've gotten older and definitely further along in my career, I definitely can live more by, um, you know, aligning my actions with my values in the workplace mm-hmm. too. I think you can do both. I think it is possible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, okay. Let's also do another episode of this because remember just the millionaire recruiter program where we help people start, you know, their own agency is we did go over my values and how I related that to my work. Yeah. So I think exactly what you're saying, actions, values, goals, like they all actually go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Um, But as I had told you in the group, I actually didn't come up with my own values until like four months ago. Like it was kind of crazy. I'm 38 years old. And I, I mean, I've had values for my companies and stuff, but like, I never sat to think about what do I value as a human being? And the interesting thing was, is that it took like seconds for me to think
1: about it. Yeah. But I just never thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, same. I don't, it's like until we talk about it, I hadn't really thought about it, but you actually do think about it. You know, these things about yourself, but you never put the two together, you know, that like, these are the things that I value personally and professionally. Yeah. Um. So recognizing and managing your emotions. We've talked a lot about that. So I, I definitely don't feel like we need to go into that further. This is a big one. Like practice active listening, not listening to respond. You talk about that a lot in our different TMRPs and different, I know we talked about it in podcasts, web webinars, all kinds of stuff, but, and we're all guilty of it. Right. And I, but I know you and I, like our method, we're sitting here taking notes and stuff They're, but <laughs> I am telling you guys like for our listeners in case you want to know a little fun fact about me nothing triggers me more than like continuously being interrupted like you know or um, when my clients are interrupted on a call or you know it's just and you know exactly situations I'm talking about but the interruption I think it's like don't just worry about what you're going to say because then you're also not really practicing active listening either you know if you're just listening to respond. So actively listen, really be mindful of um, your interruptions. And and one thing I think people feel like, okay, if I don't speak up right now, they're going to progress the conversation along and my point will get missed. But I think it's it's a, that's a fair thought process. Mm-hmm. But you and I both know because we've done it, you can always walk it back. You can always say, hey, I want to go back to what we were saying here. And you can still make your point without cutting somebody off. So I think it's really, really important to just practice active listening, especially within the recruiting process. If you're a candidate and you get feedback, or if you're talking to a hiring manager, which these are the situations when it's most stressful. If you think about interviews and candidates really are thinking about the next thing that they're gonna say and how they're gonna answer this question or that question. Um, And I think it kind of like interviews specifically can force you to not really be an active listener as a candidate because you're just like so worried about the next thing you're going to say and saying the right thing you know and so I think as a hiring manager because we're talking about the recruiting process as a whole I think as a hiring manager really being mindful of that like really being mindful of the questions that you're asking somebody and are you active listening or are you just trying to get through your questions that you need to ask a candidate too right and then become like a waiter and waitress exactly I I think that we were taught, or who knows how or
0: why, but we were taught that the person that speaks the most is the most important. So I think people interrupt because it's like, I need to get my point across. And also I want to make sure this person or the team knows that I'm important and I'm valuable because like, if you don't speak up, nobody hears you or sees you, you know? So I don't know how to like combat that that much. But yeah, I would say the the best training tool I've had is that whenever I hear something, you know, like for example, I wrote down points equal important. So I know what I wrote down, I will understand when I read again because I want uh-huh. to talk to you, but I needed to be present to listen yeah. to you because how disrespectful is it? And I know this drives us both, Trish everyone crazy, is when you're talking and then someone asks you a question, you actually just told them, like you just gave yeah. them that answer. And then they ask you that. I think it is
1: insanely, insanely rude. I get yeah. it. I, it's rude. Or if um, you ask somebody a question and they like answer it in a way that you're like, you have no idea what I was talking about. Nope. Like you nope. didn't listen at all to anything that I was talking about based on the answer that you gave me. Like you weren't listening at all. And I have seen that and personally experienced that with hiring managers in the recruiting process as a candidate. So back in the day, but I'm like, I can tell based on, um you know, cause we're taught in interviews, you ask questions, right? That that's yeah, the perfect. good look. You're supposed to ask questions. And so I have been in situations where I'm like, asked a hiring manager a question, Based on something they just said and they weren't listening at all. And so it's like, I can tell that you had, you were not listening to anything I said. So I think emotional intelligence is also one of the things that we don't have on here, but it's also being respectful, you know, Mm -hmm. like respecting each other's time, respecting each other's thoughts, feelings, points. Um, I think that's a a nice way to actually frame all of this up because I know we're at time here, but that, I guess if anything, that could be my broke to boss tip is just within practice, respectful communication respectful everything and that is emotional intelligence if you treat others it sounds so basic but treat others how you want to be treated in the recruiting process as a hiring manager as a candidate as a recruiter treat others how you want to be treated and I think big one big one big one communication is key I still go back to like I would like to believe that people can handle the truth Mm -hmm. I have this moment I don't know if you've seen like um what is that movie? where it's like you can't handle the truth handle the truth yeah yeah (laughs) I like to believe that people give them, the, give them the opportunity before they can't handle it, you know, before you label them as they can't handle it. And so I think emotional intelligence, and maybe that's, that's the emotional intelligence part of me that likes to believe that people can handle the truth if it's done in a tactful way and respectful way. I feel like people are capable and can handle a lot more. But yeah, I think in summary, this is some really good stuff that we've talked about. This has probably been one of my favorite episodes. And we can even probably do a part two, three, four, because I think it's so relative to everyone, not even just recruiting. Everybody should practice emotional intelligence. And um, I think we should provide our, our listeners with some tips and you know, the summary and bio stuff of like what we recommend if you want to work on emotional intelligence. You do. Yeah. Uh, you
0: know, it will be great. Let's do an episode on this. Jess, can you hear me? Uh, let's do like, um, everyone always asks like about different scenarios. And here's the thing, like there's thousands and hundreds of different scenarios and we still haven't seen them all today because it changes, right? But we should probably talk about like, maybe like three to six different scenarios, like almost like role play. Hey, this is a real scenario. How do you handle this with emotional intelligence? Love it, you know, because- get triggered. Oh my God.
1: I'm going to wear my wig, my barb wig. I'm going to come in. <laughs> and- <laughs> oh yeah. No. If, if you're saying role play and we can get like, Oh God. I not why a- you just think of Barb when you hear. Yeah, role no, because I'm thinking about a really like how to handle these situations. I'm thinking about, I'm about to rock your fucking world with this <laughs> wig and with these role plays of things that we're going to say to each other. That will probably be one of our funnest episodes and I hope everyone oh, watches, it. but yeah. Love it yeah thank you guys as always for listening we're really really grateful and appreciative love your comments feedback subscribe tell your friends um and yeah i mean thanks for listening all the way through to the broach boat boss tip yeah see you next Tuesday thanks all thanks y'all